Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> Don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Hate to start off a show with deception, but that's what's happening. Some of you may be able to hear me a lot more clearly now, those of you kind of in the um, middle part of the country, because I am at KVSS Spirit Radio. Great place, wonderful network, and there is not a picture of me anywhere anywhere eight or ten of them of mother angelica and the pope and bishops and just one little one that's all i ask delighted to have you with me the doctor's in it's the only program as you know that can take days off your purgatory because i can be so irritating to listen to we do not know exactly how many days however given that there's no time in eternity we suspect that if you listen longer, your purgatorial purification will be a little less. But you have to not like it. If you listen and you like it, you're not going to earn any time off purgatory. So I'm really inviting those of you who really have a distaste for this program to listen in. The number to get onto the program is 8725735825 not an easy number to remember as i have said so many times 87757 equal that puts it into three little bytes of information 87757 equal if you have a question about something in your life someone in your life circumstances something that befuddles you or flummoxes you or it shouldn't flummox you but it does or maybe you're not upset about it, and you're wondering, should I be upset about it? Would it be normal to be upset about it? So if you have a question about particulars or generics, some question about the faith maybe, as it particularly relates to living or psychology, I like the general questions, stuff of, Dr. Ray, what is IQ? Or something like, uh, and this comes up. this comes out about every party I've ever been to, People corner me, trying to just enjoy myself. It's the same old, same old. Dr. Ray, um, <clears throat> could you please explain to me what pseudosiesis is? I mean, if I've heard that question once, I've heard it a thousand times. And sitting in here with me is Jeb Aishai from uh, KVSS. Jeb, thank you for being here, sir. Saturday, good Lord permitting, KVSS is having their 25th anniversary. 25 years all throughout, not only Omaha, but Nebraska, and seeping over the border, as I understand it there, Jeb. You guys are seeping over the border. That's a good word for a radio signal, isn't it? Seeping. Wonderful outfit. they got 1,200 folks coming tonight. So I'm going to close-circuit this for the people in Omaha. 
uh, if you'd still like to come. Now, I know they're sold out and there's a waiting list. However, there are always, always last-minute can't-make-it, last-minute no-shows, last-minute, oh, Grindy's talking, I'm not coming. There's a lot of those. So we should have some seats opening up. You contact KVSS here, the station, Spirit Catholic Radio, and see what's going on. You probably talk to Mary. So, 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. Got to make a, a wonderful announcement here. Scripture and Tradition with Father Mitch Pacwa. The guy is a veritable encyclopedia. He knows about nine languages, maybe more. But I think, this is just my suspicion, I think he just knows a couple words in each language, and then he says them, and nobody knows. I did that to him once, and then he he strung off a whole nine-sentence thing, and I think he was insulting me, but I don't know what he was saying, because it was in a language I didn't understand. It was English. Saturday mornings, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, and Sunday afternoons, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, on EW10 Radio, he's going to dig into... Sacred Scriptures and the Tradition of the Catholic Church. It's an interactive Bible study program. I'll tell you what. You want to learn lots? You want to say things like, I didn't know that. How does he know that? The guy's got, what, 42 books underneath his belt? He does. I go to his house and there's just nothing but books everywhere. I kind of get this sensory overload. So Father Mitch is a wonderful program to tune into. When I was younger... And you could say that about anything, because at any given moment, you were always younger, right? I'm, I'm, I was younger five minutes ago when I came in this studio. When I was younger, I used to play a lot of softball. Still play some. Not as good as I was. It uh, takes two singles to score me from third. And uh, if a ball one hops the fence and I'm on third, I look out there and go, eh, I don't know. It's 300 feet from here, but I don't know. And I wear one of those life alert things, you know, so if I slide, well, I don't actually slide into second. I kind of fall into second. I press my life alert thing, and my teammates come out and pick me up. So I still play. I still play. And this was some years ago. I was at practice. Used to love the practice in those days. I told my legs, run. And they said, okay, how fast? Now I say, run. And they say, yeah, yeah, right. No, come on, run. No, I don't think so. So I was at practice. And we've been practicing for about an hour and a half, and I used to love to just run down fly balls. You know, when you're young, you just want to spend energy. So I took out, took off after this ball that was hit, and I don't remember if I caught it or not. Threw it back into the infield, and then it started. My heart started absolutely racing. I mean, it was. It, we're not talking your basic. 120 beats a minute because you sprinted. We're talking 160, 170, 180 beats a minute. My breath got real shallow. It, it, it was like I couldn't catch my breath. And so I thought, this is weird. So I knelt down thinking, all right, well, whatever this is, it'll pass. And it really didn't. After about uh, two minutes, I just trotted in and I sat behind the bleachers. I remember thinking, you could probably label this a panic attack. I mean, I deal with a lot of folks in my office who come in because of panic attacks because they don't understand them and they don't really wonder, or they do wonder how this all happened and they're scared. They're scared of their panic attack. 
They're anxious about being anxious. And I remember being very detached, thinking, well, now I know what this feels like. At least at some level, everybody feels it differently. This is a a panic attack. Huh. I was perplexed, but yet at the same time, I I was intrigued. Interesting. Interesting sensation. wonder why this is happening. So I had this... This clinical observation, out-of-body experience, looking down on myself. And I sat in those bleachers behind the backstop for about 20 minutes. Eventually, I sort of calmed down, but there was, there was this residual sort of unsettledness, unease. After practice, we went over to got something to eat, and a number of us guys went to fast food place. I'm in line. And I remember thinking, when was the last time I ate? It had been 24 hours. I hadn't eaten in 24 hours. I don't know why that happened. I don't know what my schedule was that eliminated food. But my blood sugar must have gotten so low. And that's, that's, a, that's a prime cause, by the way, of this heavy anxiety feeling. Now, had I panicked about that panic attack, had I said to myself, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Am I losing my mind? Am I having a heart attack? What's happening with me? This is terrible. This is awful. I can't stand this. This is horrible. There's a pretty good chance that I would have worried about when it was going to happen again. That was just practice. Or as, uh, who was it? uh, Jeb, who's the basketball player? Practice? We're talking practice? Who was who that guy? You remember that guy? Never mind. He's talking about that. It was just practice. What if it would have happened in a game? All of a sudden, I'm up the bat, and I'm getting this swell of anxiety, starting to think, oh, no. So because I didn't panic about, if you want to call it panic, I just probably just a high rate of, high rate of physiological arousal. I never had one again. That was years ago. Well, sometimes I panic. That's when three or four of the kids call and say, hey, we're all coming over. And I do. I do have a panic attack right then. But uh, I, I, have, I have ways to stop that. I got an unlisted address. The point is, anxiety has to be interpreted. And if people get really shook in their interpretation... It makes it more likely the anxiety is going to recur. It's called generalization. But because I had this clinical detachment to this supposed panic attack, it was, well, I guess you could call it almost an interesting experience for me. Now, I knew enough not to panic. Somebody who doesn't know enough could panic about being panicky. And that's when, that is when... Panic attacks get their momentum. And people will come into my office after having had nine of them over a period of time in different situations, and they're very distressed about it. So, my own experience with a panic attack. I'm looking at the uh, phone calls here. I'm starting to panic because I'm not sure i got enough good advice for these folks, but I'll work my way through it. 877 57 equal. That's the number to call to get onto the program. Once again, I'm in the studios of KVSS here in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Now, tomorrow, rather than a look back Friday, we're going to do a live show. 
Every once in a while, we do a live show on Fridays because there are those folks who have told me I can only listen on Friday. Like to call in. Okay. So every once in a while, invite you to call in on a Friday. I'm Dr. Ray. Dr. Ray has more great advice coming up. Don't go anywhere. And that's a doctor's order. Catholic Charities of Shiawassee and Genesee Counties have been providing health and creating hope since 1941. It's the generosity of donors that allows them to provide necessary services, such as their warming center, which provides refuge and comfort to thousands in our community. They also offer hot meals in their soup kitchens and help families make ends meet in their community closet. Even the smallest donation makes a meaningful difference. Join us in their mission by giving a donation at catholiccharitiesflint.org. Why is the new law, the law of the gospel, called the law of love? It is so called because it helps us act out of love, infused by the Holy Spirit rather than fear. It is also called the law of grace. The Catechism tells us it gives us the strength to act by means of faith and the sacraments. A third name for the new law is the law of freedom because it frees us from the ritual and juridical observances of the old law. It prompts us to act spontaneously via the nudgings of charity. It allows us to move from servant to friend of Christ and even to son and heir. For all that I have heard from my Father, the Lord said, I have made known to you. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. You're listening to Ave Maria Radio. Ave Maria Radio. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. I did it. Finally got one of those jobs. When I was in school, and the counselors would ask you, well, not ask you, ask me, what kind of job do you want? What do you want to do? And I remember thinking, I want one of those jobs where people say, do you actually get paid for doing this? I got one of those. I get paid for talking to you. Talk about easy Oh, every once in a while, I have a little stress. Um, yesterday, my Coke was kind of out of my reach, and I had to stretch, and I think I felt something pull a little bit in my shoulder. It's gone now, but, you know, I should have put it closer. So I do have job-related stress. Let's talk to Lisa from Norfolk, New Brunswick. Is that is that NB? Is that New Brunswick? Lisa? No, Nebraska. N-E, it should say. Uh, It should say N-E. Oh, Eric, learn your abbreviations, Eric. All righty, my dear. So, this is not unusual that uh, some relative swoops in and does something like this. Okay, so how do I... I am struggling with so much hurt and anger. And bitterness and resentment. You want me to get you some more words? Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
Well, let me since since my listeners can't see this whiteboard, you have a cousin who has gotten your grandmother to cut everybody out of the will. Whoa, man, oh man. So your grandma is terminally ill and you are none of you are allowed to help her with anything or into her life. The cousin has taken over everything. Well, we're allowed to help. We're allowed to do exactly what she says, exactly when she says it, exactly how she says it. We are not allowed to ask any questions to any of the medical professionals, even though my other sister and I are nurses, um, and I was a hospice nurse for several years. Hey, Lisa, what do you mean you're not allowed? What is she? Was she was she guarding the the doctors? What? Well, not al- when we asked them, they said they, they won't answer us. They say the only person we um, right. are, okay. are so talked to the is... The only one is on the list is the cousin. The cousin made it right. so Grandma did that. You know, what's... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I forget exactly the name of that again. I'm, it's skipping me. You're not... Uh, Medical power of attorney or whatever. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, she has that, yeah. How is it yeah. that she had that kind of leverage to convince... Now, this is your Grandma. Is it... It's her grandma, right. I assume, right? Right, right. Okay. How'd she so, get that leverage? Um, so she's always been grandma's favorite. Like, it's been a, a running joke almost in the family that she can do no wrong and, you know, yada, yada, how that goes. Uh-huh. But the last couple of years, my grandmother is 90 years old, and the last couple of years, her mental acuity is um, not as sharp. And last, well... Yeah, it was last year in particular, she really kind of downward spiraled. And I'm four hours away from her. And um, uh, finally, when we got her to the hospital, we found out that she was actually septic. And we're lucky she made it through that. Now, right before, the week before we finally got somebody to get her into the, into the ER, um, my cousin had taken her to a lawyer. And so while she was that run down physically and mentally, this took place. Well, you know, you could talk to a lawyer because this is this could be a potential problem. I'm not an attorney and I don't know the details, but it can happen that a relative can take advantage of the fuzzy thinking that's going on in an elderly person to get them to commit to things that they might not otherwise have done had they were 100% clear thinking. Right. My my problem is now that my grandmother is, like, uh, you know, on her CAT scan, it's like innumerable, not you know, cancerous spots, right? So she does not have a lot of time left. So I'm trying to find ways to cope and not be, not make this a war while my grandmother's dying. What about the other siblings? Are they all saying this was an underhanded thing for her to do? Yeah, everyone's mad. Everyone is, yes. And everyone is hurt because we can't, like I said, she won't even let us ask questions to the doctors or, you know, to help make some of these decisions and stuff. We can talk to her, and if she so deems, then it can happen. But we we aren't allowed any say, even though, like I said, we have medical knowledge that she doesn't have. So what are you asking me, Lisa? How do I do? How do I get through this without a fight? Without without making this as peaceful for my grandmother as possible? Well, if you want to make it as peaceful for your grandmother as possible, you don't fight her. You don't resist it. You don't question grandma. You don't let her know how 
distressed you all are about this. I don't know what Grandma's motive is for doing this, and I don't know how clear-thinking she was when the cousin took her to the attorney. By the way, I've heard this happen a lot, and hopefully the attorney would know if she's competent, wouldn't question her competence to sign a... Uh, a change in the will like this, especially for the one person that's bringing her in. Um, but I don't, I don't know what what went down there. You might want to check for some legal advice to find out if you have any recourse. If, on the other hand, you say to yourself, "My grandma doesn't have much. This is not a matter of inheritance and getting my share of a two point six million dollar will." Right? I mean, it's it, exactly it, okay. So the the the, the issue is. The issue is the cousin wants to run things. The cousin right. believes, I'm here, I've always been close to her, you people have not, so therefore I'm the one to take care of her, I'm the one to manage these decisions, I'm the one who has her best interests at heart, I'm the one who knows her the best. That's the cousin's reasoning, right? Right. Okay. Is it malicious or is it mistaken? I... I... I think that it is, um, I think it's her wanting to control everything. Okay. Well, she if, if she thinks, and I don't, you know or I don't, if she thinks mm-hmm. she's the person that is best able to make these decisions, and she's doing it, well, the, the question becomes, why would she tell Grandma to write everybody out of the will? So that that's really a big question right. there. Um, and I've seen when... Y- y- is this cousin the oldest of the grandchildren? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not unusual for the oldest female in situations like this to take over. Not unusual. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most common one who does. Uh, and mm-hmm. they, have a, they have a protectiveness as they see it. I'm here to protect this person. I'm here to make sure that all kinds of people don't give their opinion that could hurt her. And I'm here to want... That's all, Here's what I'm saying to you, Lisa. If you want to, if you want to keep it peaceful for your grandma, and she's nearing her end of her earthly life, then then don't 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 make an issue out of it at this point. Just let it go. On the other hand, um, <clears throat> dealing with your cousin, probably the only way you'll get past some of your resentment is to not give. Not impugn to her the worst motive, which mm-hmm. is she's she's just doing this to deliberately cut us out. Um, right? Maybe, maybe. But if it is, if her motive is, I really want what's best for Grandma, and I'm the one who knows her best, and I'm the one who can make the best decisions. Then, as much as you disagree with her, you'll be a little softer in your resentments. Uh huh. That's I think that's you got to come down to that interpretation, and maybe after Grandma passes, you could sit down with her and ask her what prompted you to do that. And I bet what you'll hear is, well, I know her and I'm close to her and I think this and we've always been close and and maybe maybe this could be even shock you here, Lisa. She may say Grandma wanted me to do this. Uh-huh. I mean, I I can't say, but that wouldn't totally surprise me. Right. So at that point, I mean, don't take it personal and just give your grandma the best warmth you can give her in her final days here. Okay. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But keep in mind, 
anybody can do anything nasty, they can. And you can't do anything about right. it. That's the sad part of it. That's life. Not what you wanted to hear, is it? <laughs> well, no, I want you to have a magic solution, but I know that's yes. not... That's, that's right. You're, <laughs> not make, make my cousin not be this way. Make my grandma think clearly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, your only recourse, and if you want to blow this thing sky high, your only recourse would be to go to a lawyer and say, okay, how do I explore my, my grandmother's competency at the time? That's why sometimes right. wills are are uh, just contested, you know. God bless you. Thanks for the call. I'm Dr. Ray. Studios KVSS, Omaha, Nebraska, Spirit Catholic Radio. Delighted to be with you. Dr. Ray. Uh, let's see what we're going to. This, oh, gosh, yes. We have an anonymous mom. Wouldn't be anonymous. That, that's that's Latin for uh, male. M-U-S would be anonyma if it's a female. Calling from Missouri. Either that or her name is Mo. One or the other. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dr. Ray. You know, if you were to ask me if this person were 32 and you said, yeah, when I seem to inquire into her life a little bit, she shuts us down and she gets upset. I'd say, well, she's 32. Well, and, she, you, and she doesn't, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And if it was 32, this would be a non-issue. It's kind of this gray area where she's the youngest. She's 16, but I think she feels like she's an adult, right? And and I will say she's always, I mean, she doesn't get upset, but she'll just be like, I got it, I, I got it, I got it. Don't worry about it. Like if I ask, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, so do we let her be this like independent adult where we're not checking in? I kind of feel like, you know, she's still 16. We're still her parents, you know. But Why like, would you second guess it, yourself? about your role as a supervising parent? Um, because I'm totally insecure and afraid of doing it wrong. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> you understand here, Mom. You understand that the chances of you doing it wrong are very low, and the reason is because you're Mom, and you make the decisions you think are best, given what you know about your daughter, and given the context. So for you to say... There's there's some rule somewhere written by a bunch of experts that say <laughs> if I'm too intrusive, I'm going to push my daughter away. Well, there's not a rule, but there is a concern because I will say I'm a very controlling person and I'm learning that a lot about myself right now. And so I'm trying to not control her so much. Her three brothers are pretty laid back in terms of oh, that's how mom wants to do it. We'll do it. And kind of later in life, they were like, yeah, Mom, you, you were pretty They're preparing to be away. husbands. They're preparing to be husbands. Do what the women tell you. You don't exactly. get hurt. Well, here's, a way, here's a way to weigh it. Here's a way to weigh it. Okay. If this is something that you think is relevant to your daughter's well-being, whether it's moral or physical or social, then you have a right to understand what's going on. 
You do. And if she's not going to tell you, you might say, I need to know this, or I'm going to ask some questions about this because I want to know what's going on. Let's say it's something at school or uh, someplace she wants to go, and you're concerned in your belly about where this is, and you want to ask some questions, and she's saying, Mom, I got it. Mom, I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. I got it. You don't need to tell me. No, you are, Mom. And until you are satisfied that you're getting the information that you need to make a good decision, then it doesn't matter that she says, yeah, yeah, I know. Now, on the other hand, if you say, Mom, yeah, I'm controlling and I do kind of meddle a little bit because I, I have my idea about how she should live her life in every way, shape, or form. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. when you got to yeah. weigh it. And you got to say, if, if this is not a major issue, this is not... If, for example, she says, Mom, i got a term paper due in two weeks. Well, you know, you need to start on it now. If you start on it, don't wait till the last minute. You need to start it. She's looking at you like, hey, Ma, I got it. Yes. All right. Yeah, I'm so, learning to stay, not have those conversations anymore. Yeah. Be, she is really tired of me micromanaging, like, every aspect of her life. Well, then, if, in fact, you are micromanaging way whether this is something yeah. worth micromanaging or not. Right. And and it's not even that I want to micromanage. I'm just wanting to have the conversation, like, so what have you decided to do for Lent? Like, just like I would do with my husband or other children. Like, Well, that's not micromanaging. I, I, that's that's very different here, Mom. That's, that's just simply showing a, a healthy interest. And if she's saying, I don't want to share with you what's on my mind... Yes. If, if if it were me, how do I respond to that? Well, I would. I personally would not allow someone to give me no answer to something that I think is a very legitimate, honest understanding of where they're at about something. Okay. I wouldn't. I'd say, well, you know, if you're, you know what, if you're, if you're just going to shut me out on this, on, uh, you're not even going to tell me what you're doing for Lent, then. Uh, you might not want to ask me if you can go anywhere tomorrow night because I want to know. I mean, I, you got to, if you just happen to um, hope that she'll be forthcoming, well, she can shut you down. She can just simply say, I don't want to tell you. Right. And she hides behind the fact, and I'm sure she said this, Mom, why do you have to know everything? Probably something along those lines. No, she has not said that because that level of comment would, would not end well for her. But oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I, and I will say, like, when she pushes back on stuff, it's always respectfully. Um, and that's why I'm trying to kind of – I'm still trying to respect her independence. But also, I, I just <laughs> kind of want to have the conversation. Like, you know you're not an adult, right? Like, it's hard for her, again, seeing all of her adult brothers doing their own thing. You're trying um, to convince her. You know, you're trying to convince her. I I, yeah. I personally wouldn't say, for example, you know, I, I have uh, adult children who may have a weight problem. Well, right. It became very clear to me that the more I talked about healthy eating, the more I talked about exercise, the more they didn't want to hear it. Right. So right. I finally no, I learned to learn that with her. <laughs> learned to shut my mouth about that. But they're adults. When they were when they were right. sixteen, no, I controlled I controlled more because of their health. So I guess with you, what I'm right. saying is if you think this is a matter of morals or well-being, 
then you have every right to get the information. And if she's not going to give it to you, you got to decide what you're going to do about it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell her, it's you know what, honey? Part. I don't know that it's a matter of morals or well-being. Well, I mean, well, like, and if it's not, if it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Spirituality, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm having a hard time sorting out. That's what I want you to tell me. Can't you just tell me? Well, <laughs> I probably could tell you more if you came to me for five sessions and I knew your daughter. Okay. <laughs> See, because what you're saying is, isn't there a rule somewhere about this? Gosh, yeah. That is well, kind of what I'm saying. All right. Then let me tell you this. Go get one of my books. You get a lot I more. I all your books, man. Don't tell me buy more books. You got the teenage one? I do. Do you talk about this in the teenage one? It's been a while since I've read it. I mean, That's exactly it. right. I can tell there's been slippage. <laughs> is it the Good Discipline Great Teens book? Yeah, it's been revised. It's now called Standing Strong. But uh, oh, but if you got if you've got right. that that's that's sufficient enough. I mean, yeah, you'll you'll be functioning about seventy four percent, but that's probably good enough, you know. Because <laughs> I do feel like we've got a good handle on the on the discipline side of things. It's just these more of these gray areas that well, she's every kid's I got their own with. unique temperament, and right. some some are going to present you with roadblocks that the others didn't. But I would. That's exactly what I've run into. I would say, though, that when you think it is worthy to pursue, you pursue it. As I am pursuing a break right now. This is Dr. Ray. Thanks for joining me. You know, uh, I asked a friend, I said, if you're in your coffin, what would you want people to say about you? And he said, oh, I'd want them to say I, I loved God and pursued him and was a moral human being. I asked the other friend, I said, what would you want to be said about you? He said, well, good father person who respected and loved people. Then they asked me, Ray, what would you want people to say about you if you're laying in your coffin? I'd say, well, I think I'd want them to say, look, he's moving. Let's go to Ann. From now, I know that's Nebraska because Eric Dumont, you have an NB there. It's NE, I think. New Brunswick, maybe. Hi, Ann. Hi, Dr. Ray. Thanks for the call. You bet. So, what's this 16 year old son of yours doing that you're thinking he could be uh, depressed? Well,. Um, just kind of like his attitude lately, probably within the last, oh, three months, I guess. Um, we've had to, like I told your screener, we had to do the bad parent gig and pull back a lot of his privileges because he was doing some reckless driving, so we had to tank his keys, and 
He's been spending too much time on his phone, so we've been taking his phone and just disrespect and just a lot of things. So um, we've had to pull back on a lot of that. And he and now you ruined his life. <laughs> yeah, we would get the parent award this year, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he's just kind of like he he seems moody all the time. He well intentionally go to his room after work and just kind of stay up there. He doesn't want to do family rosary with us. Everything's just kind of a grumpy mood with him anymore. Um, because his so view is, you, is, you're making my life miserable. Yeah, that was my question. How do you know if it's depression versus just him being moody to try to get us to lighten up? Was he that way three months ago before you realized you had to start supervising him more closely? I would say not, no, uh uh-uh. So then is it safe to say, obviously I can't diagnose from here, but is it safe to say that this came on after you started constricting what he thought were entitlements of his age, but he was misusing them? Yeah. And here's, here's now, forgive me on this question here, Ann. Um... What was it that you allowed all these things? Did you think he was mature enough to handle them? Yes, we did. Um, you know, during that, during that uh, fifteen, you know, that time where you're driving with him before they get their actual driver's license. You know, he did everything Dad said. You know, he did. He drove well when I drove with him. Um, he wasn't showing any signs of, you know, so when he became 16, he got a cell phone so that we could keep track of him, um, and then he also got, you know, his driver's license. So I don't know if that was just too much for him too quick. Are you saying or... he, mis- he misused those things? He's misused the cell? He is uh, driven irresponsibly? Yeah. How'd you find that out? Well, because we have one of those... Um, you know, just one of those apps that you can kind of watch what they're doing. So we've caught him speeding, like on gravel roads. We've seen, and he even ended up in a ditch because he was doing mm-hmm. some sort of, I don't know what the term is, like trying to drag his car to the side, I guess. I don't know. Is he, but he, is ended he up scaring you? Is he scaring you because he seems to be so morose? Um... With his driving, yeah, he's just like, well, everybody drives this way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> I know a lot of people that don't drive this way, and you're inexperienced. So it's just, he's very argumentative. He's not open to conversation with us. Everything that we've posed even to try to problem solve with him, you know, he does. Our our solutions don't work for him, or he doesn't even have solutions for himself. So he seems like he's just, quote-unquote, happy to be in his, you know, sad state of life. Is it showing up at school? Is it showing up with his friends? Is he not doing things with his friends? Is he, how's he occupying his time? He works a lot. Um, At school, you know, we asked the teachers, and he says that he's, He's pretty good at school. They haven't noticed anything different. You know, he can he contributes to class when necessary, but he's pretty reserved at school. So he's just mad at you. He's mad at you because he just doesn't like what you've done. You've changed the rules, and uh, he shouldn't have to live with this. Okay. 
I, I mean, I'm, that's just my speculation. I can't know that. Um, but the timing is certainly suspicious. Here's the dynamic, as it sounds to me, and I'm going to make this generalization from what I've seen. Parents will give certain freedoms to kids as they get older. The kids will misuse those freedoms. The kids believe that because they are a certain age, they should have those freedoms. The parents say, no, we're going to pull back on those things because you're not handling them well. At that point, the kid sees his parents as adversaries. You're the enemy. You're unfair. You're unreasonable. I don't like you people. And it sounds like your son is just retreating. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't want to have to talk to you. I don't want to have to spend time around you. I don't want to have to do anything with you. And don't try to make me pray a rosary because I don't feel like praying a rosary. Why would I want to pray a rosary with you? I don't know. I'm not in your home. But does that sound like a summary? That is very highly probable. Yes, I would. I would okay. Well, here's what's yeah. facing you. Here's what's facing you, Ann. You and your husband have to decide. On one hand, if you believe your son has not shown the responsibility and the maturity that he should have to have these freedoms, then you will curtail them until you think you can start easing them back into his life. However, you'll get blowback. What are you going to do with that blowback? In other words, if he's saying, I'm not praying a rosary, well, yes, you're coming down here, and I can't force you to utter the words, but you're going to sit here with us. Or, I'm not going with you there. Yes, you are. We're going to see your grandma. You're going to go with us. So, in other words, you have to decide. You can't let him just simply say, I don't like you people. I'm retreating from you, and I want no part of you. Leave me alone. I, I don't think that's wise for you to do that. So... If you're saying to me, how do I make him agree with what we're doing, you don't. That's not going to happen. I don't think he's going to come to you one month from now and say, you know, Mom, now that I've thought about it, I really believe that you're right. You know, I didn't handle those things well, and I understand I only have myself to blame, and you're only doing what good parents do. Do you think that's going to happen, Ann? Probably not. <laughs> no, no. So what you and your husband are going to have to do is sit him down and say, uh, we made some decisions, and we made some decisions based upon your conduct. Now, if you want to show us that you, de- you deserve us to rethink that, okay, let's show us. But i got to tell you, the way you're acting right now, surly, and by the way, you said disrespectful, so that's a, that's a whole other issue. But the way you're acting right now is not showing us in any way that you deserve that freedom again. If you want the freedom back, you're going to have to be a pleasant human being. That'd be one approach you could take. All righty. Well, thank right, you very much, Doctor. I, I can't diagnose him as depressed or not, but what I can say is this: it's very. It seems from what you're describing, very selective. He's not showing signs of this at school. He's not showing signs of it among his friends. He's not showing signs of it at work. He's he's simply. Showing signs of it with you and your husband. Okay. My daughter. Sounds like him. My daughter worked at Wendy's, and when she was in high school, and she used to tell us 
And these were all kids that were from a reasonably stabilized family. She said, Daddy, there's not a one of them that likes their parents. And I remember thinking, okay, these people can't all be bad parents. They can't all be nasty. It was most of the kids wanted more freedoms and more perks and more goodies than their parents were willing to give them at that age. And so the kids were just, my parents are the enemy. All right, my dear, thank you for the call, and Good luck to you, dear. This is Dr. Ray. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes up is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest when you can go straight to God? I would say, I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. (laughs) It is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And Jesus commissioned his apostles on earth to speak in his name, to forgive sins or retain sins, not just metaphorically, but metaphysically. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from anxiety. Feast on trust. Fast from discouragement. Feast on hope. Fast from acts that tear down. Feast on acts that build up. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. It liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. company. I appreciate it so very much. This is the doctor is in Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Let's go to Angela from Coldwater, Michigan. Hi, Angela. Hi, Dr. Ray. Thank you for taking my call. You too, You sound too young to have an adult son. <laughs> oh, I assure you, I'm well into my 50s, and I'm calling about my third son, fourth child. <laughs> How old is uh, he? I feel like a lot... Uh, he is 15, just turned 15. Oh, okay. I, I've been listening to the other callers. I, I, I'm seeing a, a common thread, I think, with some that, of the other mothers. That thread that is calling. very common, my dear. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so uh, he is a freshman um, at uh, an academy, a classical academy. Um, he's our fourth child to go to school there. It, it is a tough school. It is academically hard. Um, he's doing fairly well with it, but he is a very unhappy young man. Um, he did play two varsity sports, uh, finishing one up today um, as a freshman, 
um, but he just is struggling. Um, he's just so surly and grumpy in the morning and at times so unhappy. Um, you know what it's about? And um, the school is hard. And I, I, I think in some ways, even though I think he's doing well, doing better than his brother, who's a junior, did as a freshman, um, I think for him, some of it is he's the fourth child. Things have not always come as easily to him as it did the older siblings and the younger brother. Uh, he just has to work harder at it. I've always said of him, slow and steady wins the race. He's not going to be the star athlete and the star student. But he holds his own, and he does fine. And I well, he's think capable of doing of the work. He's just getting oh, to the yeah. point In where fact, he's saying, he, I'm getting a little yeah, tired of this. I, I, this I'm getting a little tired much. of this. I can't handle it. Yeah, I right. can't handle it. Uh, this is too much for me. And it, well, is, he, it is a bit well, much. Well, is he coming um, home every night with three hours of homework? Oh, um, you could say close to that. Um, that is a they lot. Get a, they get a they get a good deal of homework, uh, but they also want them to participate in things. It's a struggle. It's a discussion in our house, um, and, and his older siblings weigh in and tell us their thoughts, uh, which we appreciate. Um, it, it is a bit much to, to my husband and I, who are teachers. We think it's excessive. Um, the, the the problem in our household right now is my husband thinks we shouldn't send him back next year, but then we think, well, of our two local public schools. We're not interested in sending him to either one of them. Yeah, there's um, going to be a downside to that. There's no question about that. Um, okay, right. I'm with you on that. Uh, kid stays all day at school, and he comes home and has three, four hours of schoolwork every night. That I want to say to the school, what are you doing? Right, right. Well, and he's a he's a he's an athlete, varsity athlete as a freshman. Yeah, so he's, um, he's really he, overwhelmed. And we live a county away, so a lot of this is him just being overwhelmed. As his brother, who's a junior, said, Mama, you remember how horrible I was freshman year? I hated it, too. But if you let him go to a different school, and I'm kind of in agreement with my son on this, then it sends a message of you don't have to figure out how to get through hard things. And I feel like he has to prove to himself, I am capable of doing this. Well, let's see what we can do. Sit down with him and say, what can we do to ease the pressure you're feeling about your schedule? Um, do you want to you want to practice five days a week in your varsity sport? What can we do here? You want us to get you a tutor to help you at night so you don't sit there for four hours? What can we do to make this better for you? Because he As says a, he doesn't want to go back, but I think it's an idea that his dad has put well, in his head. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to go back probably because he's it's hard. He's frustrated and right. it's, it's hard. It's a it's burden. So, it, sure. it, it is hard. So it is let, hard. Um, let's see what we can do. You're not you're not making him a weakling. By saying, right. well, you got to make your way through this. No, let's just see what we can do to ease up some of the pressure on this. Because I'm, I'm one who believes that it's, it's easy to lose a lot of the good stuff of kidhood when you're just on a treadmill ever so fast. Call me back. i got to run. I've only got like 10 seconds left. This is Dr. Ray coming at you from KBSS tomorrow. Good Lord permitting. Call in because it won't be look back. It'll be talk back. Thank you for joining me. Walk with God. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.